Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. back with another live episode of Bully Ball on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Jason Aponte, joined as always by the immaculate, incredible Steph Sanchez. Steph, I really like that hat. Thanks, man. I'm rocking the residency hat today. It's been a minute since I wore it. You know, usually I'm showing off the hair, uh, but today, you know, it's it's a little it's a little flat, so I had to, had to hide it with a hat. Well, I feel the same way, too. Like, I had to wear a hat as well. But I feel like I'm the only person that doesn't have one of these hats. And I think that I'm so late to the party that I don't think I'm going to get one. They're always dropping new ones. So I feel like there's definitely still an opportunity for you to rock one. I feel like the ship has sailed, right? Okay. Like, the guy who's, like, who's like hopping on the wave, like, way too late. They, you know, like, I, I don't know if I should – I don't know if I should, you know, immediately – Look, and Rob's got one too. Everybody but me. Literally every every 49er player, content creator, uh, podcaster, influencer, whatever. Everybody's got one but me. So I think I'm just going to sit this one out. This is my L to take. Okay. But you know what's a big W and is not an L? Training what? camp is over. We made it. The bickering about completion percentages is over. Is the it though? It, it better be because it never. It, don't get me started. I will it's start. Not, I will start. I will start this off with a fire ass rant. Someone's gonna. Someone is going to be like Jimmy Garoppolo had a higher uh, completion <sighs> percentage in this practice than Brock Purdy. Okay, we're all for in trouble. All, for all intents and purposes, the padding of stats that never mattered is over. The the 
glazing over who's the first player on the field is over because it, that does not matter. The glazing of who has stayed on the field after is over, does not matter. Actual football is being played this week, and somehow, I don't know how we did it, like climbing out of a ditch in, in, a, in a war movie. We made it. We're battered, we're bruised, we have dirt all over our face, but we made it. Steph, I'm so proud of you and I, and I'm so proud of this fan base for not all the way killing each other, but we made it. We made it, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely feel like you could have, uh, we could have used you on the timeline this past week, and because there was a lot of just craziness going on. But maybe it's good that that you <laughs> you missed all of that because it was, uh, yeah. I, I try to stay away from it. I I don't even engage with that stuff. I. I just do my thing. You know, what's funny is like, everyone's like, yeah, like we need context on all these stats. And then those same people will use nothing but stats. Like make it make sense. I, I don't post any of that. Well, my therapist has been very good and therapy has been very good. If it's not helping me or making me happy, then I don't need it in my life. And to be honest with you, 49ers Twitter does not make me happy. It, I long for the days where I could just post a meme, laugh about it, maybe post a wedding crashes thread with like Jordan and everybody and laugh about it. Apparently football is no laughing matter. It's life and death. And people are going out of their way to make sure that you have no fun. So if I'm not having fun, I'm not going to be on there. That's it. And, and that's just where I'm at. But when it comes to, you know, the whole completion percentage stats, let's just, let's just get into this. The completion percentage is not going to teach you anything that you wouldn't be able to learn by watching, right? The point of the completion percentage is just to think, okay, well, he went for whatever, 66%. He had a better day. Well, if you're throwing the ball two yards behind the line of scrimmage to somebody, that's a completed pass. What's progression is? How do you look in the pocket? Are you processing correctly? Are you processing the play correctly? Where did, where was ball placement? Because you can throw a ball at a guy's knees and it gets caught and it's a catch. You can throw a ball at a guy's chest and it gets dropped and it's an incompletion. It is the most overblown, sensationalized thing, but it generates clicks. It generates views on Twitter, you know, to because that's that new ticker, which I think is one of the worst things on Twitter because it's kind of it's kind of rotted away the experience of people really providing content as opposed to just pointing out things that you know will generate engagement. Because now apparently if you pay for Twitter, you get paid for Twitter. Whole here or there or whatever. But instead of providing actual news content, people know that if they put up these numbers and just put them up, people are going to lose their minds in the comments. And I don't want to sound like one of those guys, but if you weren't there... How do you uh, – people are standing in absolutes right now. Like when I finally open up back Twitter, well, I know Trey looked bad. Were you there? Well, I know Sam was better than him. Were you there? Well, Brock is picking it up. Well, were you there? I understand you are trusting people that you um, ha have built a bunch of credibility. That's fine. But you can say according to reports that I've read, this is – but it's everybody standing in absolutes about – what they know what happened at training camp when you weren't there any other days. And by the way, one guy's got one guy for 6 of 10. One guy's got mm -hmm. one guy for 7 of 11. One guy says that there was an intercepted pass. One guy said that there wasn't. It's enough to make your make you want to pull your hair off, Steph. I'm tired of it. Even the stats, which are usually in, in you know actual game situations, those are always going to be black and white in camp. 
there's a lot of sub- subjectivity. Um, you know, there's a lot of, oh, well, that would have been a sack, so I didn't count that. Or, you know, that could have been an interception. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of those things, and that's why the stats don't tell the full story in camp. Uh, and so that's why I don't pay attention to them and or, or post them. I, I track all of the throws and all of that, and I write it down in my notepad, but I don't put that on Twitter because I know how reactive, you know, fans are. And I get it because, like, people who aren't there like that's all they have to go off of i i was i mispracticed some of the days and i'm just like religiously scrolling through my twitter trying to form an opinion on how these guys looked based on the tweets that i see it's hard you know so i would just instead of just looking at okay this guy had a good day this guy had a bad day because honestly even when one guy was better than the other quote unquote it was very marginal very, very marginal. Maybe there were one or two days where, you know, Trey had his best day. And, you know, there was one day where Donald had a really bad day. But aside from that, like, for the most part, it was uh, very marginal between all of the quarterbacks. So I think it's kind of crazy to go off and say, well, you know, this guy looked great. So this is my opinion on him. And I'm not moving off of that. I mean, it's all pretty subjective at this point, which is unfortunate, because, you know, it shouldn't be. But I think once we get into these joint practices and once we get into these preseason games, we'll have a better idea of how all these guys will really look once the season gets going. And that's my point is the training camp thing. We're all star for football. I understand that. But the whole idea of the division with the quarterback competition has led to tribalism amongst the beat reporters, content creators, whoever it is. Right. Well, I only trust this guy, and he said Purdy did well, and I want Purdy to do well. So that backs up my narrative. So that's what happened. This guy does not like Trey Lance, so he said that he was bad today, so I'm not going to go about that. Or it goes something like this. Brock Purdy had a so-so day. Oh, well, who cares? It's practice. Well, Trey Lance had a bad day. Well, man, he's done because practice matters, man. Like it's, It's led to people talking out of the sides of their mouths to the point where it's just like, Again, you don't want to get it right. You want to be right. And whatever supports your narrative, and it doesn't matter where it comes from, you will use that to stand in your absolutes. There's a guy over here that loves Trey Lance. There's a guy over here that loves Brock Purdy. The truth is somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's somewhere in the middle. And that's the part. I just, I have a hard time. And this is why another reason I stayed away. I have a hard time giving any sort of opinions on things that I can't see. But there's so many people that know exactly what happened and didn't watch one snap of football. And then they're going to look at you like, well, this guy said and that guy said, look, man, <laughs> the answer somewhere in the middle. But we're done. Right. The joint practices are not going to be available to the media. I mean, to to fans. It'll be only for media. So once again, we'll have to go off of that. And then there'll be a football game where there's guys who are actually fighting for the 53, which is very important because the 49ers are going to let go a bunch of very good football players, not because that they're not good, but because they have so many other good football players and it's really tough for them to keep everybody. So we're getting there. But Steph, since you were there, players that really, aside from the quarterbacks, we're done with the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Let me um let me put a button on this as well, too. Brock Purdy is your quarterback one. Let's stop talking about it. Don't bring it up no more. I don't want to hear about it no more. How, what what you feel and what's happening is over. Okay. What's happening is this Brock Purdy's your quarterback one. What you feel, unfortunately, does not matter. Does not matter. So Brock Purdy starting. We could put a pin on that. Done. 
Okay. And the good thing that you should know is no setbacks, nothing. He's healthy, relatively healthy, ready to go. Looks good. Sounds like he's not going to play this week, but who is somebody that you think really, really made a, a big stride in camp as someone who impressed you while you were there? Well, Jay, if I could, I'm going to go through like each position group and like point out a guy that I think, you know, kind of surprised or improved from, from last camp or just, you know, uh, you know, did well. So as far as the running backs go, Ty Davis price, I mean, you were there in last camp. He did not look good. Mm -hmm. He looks like a completely different player in this camp, a complete 180 from what we saw last year. He looks good. He looks quick, decisive. um, And he looks like someone who should be near the top of the depth chart on this uh, in this running back group. And I, I think that's good. He'll probably be end up being the third guy. Uh, of course, right now he's operating as a second because Elijah Mitchell is hurt. Um, but I think that's a, a great situation for this team uh, that he's, he's definitely improved. Brandon Ayuk, I mean, has taken it another level. He he was already cooking guys in last year's camp, but I think like he's taken it up a notch for sure. Um, and he's a cheat code on the field. You just any quarterback, I think, by the end of camp knew they can just like toss it up to him and he would get it. Uh, so he he became the cheat code for all the quarterbacks. Um, I would say Danny Gray you know, had some flashes. I heard that in the first week of camp or the first few days of camp, he was kind of unimpressive, but it seemed like he turned it around in a short period of time. And I think that's great for him because there's a lot of competition and good competition um, with the wide receiver groups. So I think Danny Gray has done enough to, you know, get a spot on the 53 or remain on the 53. And I think, you know, someone like Ronnie Bell could even, or, or Tamar, dude, there's there's a couple of like bubble guys that I think uh, could potentially make the 53 or are fighting for it. Like Ronnie Bell, Tay Martin, Chris Conley, who a lot of people say looks a lot like uh, Brandon Ayuk out there. I think those are all guys fighting for that final uh, spot as far as the wide receivers go. And then uh, the tight ends were kind of, you know, quiet. I know all eyes were on Braden Willis and Cameron Latu, and we're all kind of curious to see how those guys would look. They were you know, underwhelming to, for the most part in camp. Although I felt like Braden Willis, uh, you know, the last few practices, he really started to um, come into his own and you can tell that he was getting more opportunities. He, he was, you know, catching the ball more often. So, uh, you know, maybe that's something that we see into the preseason as well. As far as the offensive line goes, uh, it's kind of hard to say. I think we've seen some, some of the depth guys quite a bit since Aaron Banks, uh, you know, has his concussion and, you know, Trent Williams, it gets a lot of rest days. Jalen Moore's was out for a bit. So we got a lot of depth. I thought Leroy Watson did pretty good. And he's one of those, you know, depth guys who maybe could be fighting for a roster spot as well, based on what I saw. Like I'd, I'd probably see if he can have an opportunity, at least on the practice squad. Uh, and Jason Poe is someone who I think, but despite being undersized as someone who continues to impress. Now, as far as the defensive line goes, um, <laughs> Taco Charlton, uh, even though he probably has a uphill battle to make this roster as well, just because the defensive line is so deep, he looked great. I mean, his first practice, he was out there making plays and he was pretty consistent in, you know, all the practices uh, beyond that, Alex Barrett was a guy that I know Jordan pointed out several times as well. Austin Bryant has flashed a couple of times too. 
uh, Spencer Wagey. I know he's moved to the inside, uh, so that's new for him, but he's made some plays too. So, oh, and, you know, Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson looks good out there, and it's it's been nice in a way that Nick Bosa's not out there because I think we've gotten to see more of Drake Jackson and, you know, what he can do in his second year, and it looks good. It definitely looks good. His body is different. He moves different. Um, and so I'm excited to see him in these preseason games as well. Uh, Clinton Farrell has been like up and down, but I think, you know, he's, he's going to make this team as well. Kinlaw, Kinlaw, I know I wasn't buying the hype at first, but he looks good. And if health is on his side, I think, you know, him not being a starter and him maybe just coming in on spot duty, that'll be ideal for him. And I think he's going to be someone who's going to be able to make plays um, as far as the linebackers go. D Winters, uh, a lot of people say like he he moves like Greenlaw out there and he was making plays as was Jalen Graham. So I think both of those guys will show up in the preseason. And so I'm really excited to see those guys. The corners, um, I'll, I'll say this about the corners as a whole. Like I think with Steve Wilkes being there and him just being so hands-on with these guys, he's almost working like exclusively with the DBs. Um, and I think it's going to be great for all these guys, especially the, the younger guys. So we saw Deshaun Jameson, you know, flash at times. Um, and of course, you know, Lenore seems to have a handle on the starting job. Ambry Thomas maybe could, you know, take a step forward. He, he did, he was getting beat at, at some points, but I don't think he was letting it affect him. Like maybe he did in last year's camp as much. So I see like he can potentially turn a corner uh so yeah I'm, I'm excited for for those guys your guy uh jake moody was uh showing off his leg and i, I posted that video of him <laughs> it was that video of him kicking the like you know 60 plus or whatever it was and you saw he it went way past the upright so those are the those are the those are the stats that matter he means that. He means that, guys. He means that. I mean, I don't care. That's what <laughs> no, I but in all in all seriousness, like I know it's you know, kicker is like, oh my god, like why would you be excited for a kicker? But seeing him like boot those, it's kind of exciting. I'm like, whoa, we may we might see some more field goals this year. Should we should see it. more touchdowns. Go for it on fourth, Kyle. I know you're watching. All right, <laughs> let's start at the beginning. Ty Davis Price. That's something that's really good to hear because Anthony Lynn was very vocal about. Every single running back possessing the same skill set as Christian McCaffrey, so they don't become, so they don't become one-dimensional. Like if Ty David Price is on the field, it's probably a good chance that you're going to run the ball. But if Ty David Price can take a leap, if Jordan Mason, who I heard was running routes, can be the guys that you don't have to change the offense at all for Brock Purdy, and you can give Christian McCaffrey a breather while having that dynamic in there, even just the threat of just that happening is something that's important. But it's very good because. With the third round, fourth round running back thing, hasn't been as exactly a fruitful endeavor for the 49ers. So it's good. It's very good that, you know, he he's showing signs. We're going to see. Uh, he's probably going to play this weekend. We're going to see. And I think that it has to translate to games, but it's very good to hear. I saw you mentioned Javon Kinlaw. That is very good to hear as well, too. Obviously, all we have is just the little bit of positivity as it looks like this is going to be his last year here. And unfortunately, it's turned from, can he be the guy that lives up to the draft capital to being someone who is just a solid rotational guy? But in that in that role of being a sol solid rotational run stopper who possibly can you know benefit from a little bit more pass rushing moves, 
it still fortifies the line. So it's still a win regardless, right? Like, I, I think we have to toss away the expectations of what we wanted Kinlaw to be and just root for what he can add to this team, which is something that's very important, which is defensive line depth. And if he can be somebody who can come in, face downs maybe on times, give give a breather to Hargrave, stop the run, you know, be, be somebody who's taking up bodies, then you know what? Uh, we have to just get away from, well, we gave up this pick for him. You just got to try to see what you have at this point because he's obviously not going to start over Hargrave or Armstead, barring any injury. So I think those are really good. I think uh, a lot of people were interested in the linebacker three thing, but I think we've kind of discussed it. You're not going to be in base as much. I mean, it's just not possible in this league. You may be in base one down. Um, most of the time, you're going to have a nickel on there. Really was kind of trying to hear about Isaiah Oliver, but it sounds like that's his job. It's over. It's done. Um, you know, Steve Wilkes referred to him as the best nickel cornerback available, and they went out there and they got him. I will say that I'm a little disappointed that I didn't hear more about Jair Brown, who said that he that hasn't earned the name Tig yet from, from his teammates. And I, I, from everything that we talked about when we met was, you know, they want to have him on the field. They want him as a three, as a third safety on the field. But it didn't really seem like anybody was saying anything too flashy about him or anything like that. Again, wasn't there. Can't speak on it. You know, I don't have strong opinions either way. But to not hear, hey, nice play by Tig here or, you know, you know, he it's just here and there. It was too far and few between for my liking during this entire training camp. Maybe I had a little bit too high hopes from him. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I, I'm not worried about it. You know, I think camp is when you're kind of soaking it all in and maybe OTAs was more a uh, time where he can just freely make plays. Uh, as we saw, like he had a lot of in interceptions during was it OTAs or minicamp? Either one of those. Uh, but yeah, it was OTAs, he, but nobody really yeah, got a chance to see it. Right. So, you know, in camp, I don't, I don't think he had any interceptions, but, you know, at the end of the day, Huff and Gibson are ahead of him on this depth chart anyway. So that is what it is. And maybe it had something to do with him playing with the second unit. I don't know, but I think we will probably see him in, in like some blitzes uh, here and there. That'll probably be what gets him on the field uh first but yeah i mean it's going to be a learning process for him and i have no doubt with steve wilkes you know that he's going to be able to you know take that step and when he's ready he's going to get more of that playing time but yeah you would have liked to see a little bit more we'll see how he does in you know these joint practices uh you know jimmy's going to be wanting to throw some interceptions so uh, 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 save know. it also let's be nice let's be nice save it we'll get to it we'll end the show with it when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Clean and Feral because he seems like to be the newest recipient of the Chris Kosurik stimulus package. And it seems like he's been the one who's been on the field a little bit more. And he, look, again, 
they're battling it out with pads, but they're still not going as hard. I think there was a concerted effort from a lot of the people that I spoke to. It was a concerted effort to turn the juice down a little bit this year in training camp to make sure everybody got to the Greek healthy, right? Which is get to week one, which is why Kyle Shanahan is not worried about Nick Bosa. They'll get it done, whatever, fine. He'll be there for week one. But I did think there was a, I did think from everybody that I spoke to after practice that I would call, there was a little bit of a turned down vibe. Like it wasn't as testy. Like last year, there's a fight. You know, there was a lot with Brandon Ayuk. But like it was a little turned down because maybe Kyle just wants to make sure that guys are healthy and the culture's already set. What do you think, Steph? I, I definitely did get a sense of that too. I mean, you could almost say it wasn't as fun as, as the previous year just because last year the defense and the offense were just going at it. Um, but I agree. I think that is kind of a point of emphasis for, you know, this team to just get everyone through this period, which it, as we know is meaningless. I mean, of course you got to make some decisions at this stage, but you also want to make sure that guys stay healthy. So you don't want them going, you know, too hard. Uh, there's certain players that you can't really stop. Like Christian McCaffrey is always on 100, but that being said, like he's not putting any of his, you know, defensive teammates uh, in harm's way because he's going 100 all the time. And you know, I'm shocked that he took some days off into camp as well, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, and that, yeah, that too. So, like, they're resting guys, you know, when needed, but I don't think it was too much, aside from maybe the, the feral play where he, you know, hit uh, Brock Purdy's arm a bit. Uh, besides that and the one fight that we heard of, I didn't feel like there was anything that was overly physical. And I think that's a good thing because – we haven't heard of too many injuries so far in camp. Well, 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 Steph, is that the sound of Kyle Shanahan evolving and changing a little bit? Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Oops. All right. Well, I mean, look, again, these are all positive things right now. There's not really too many negatives that you can take away from training camp. It is still practice at this time, right? Practice reps are valuable because there is a lot of installing going on on offense. There's a lot of installing going on on defense during those those team periods. That's what makes them so fun. It's where you see a little wonkiness as well, too. Like, team, the, the guys are just trying to get it together. The defense is still going to be ahead, right? Like, that's what practice is for. There's no need to overreact to practice. If you start seeing it in games that way, that's when you start to get upset. And I, I wouldn't even say in preseason. Like, everything is very much the schedule that Kyle Shanahan has laid out for preseason has always been pretty consistent. Week one, nobody really plays. Week two, people are probably going to play. That's closer to your dress rehearsal. But I don't know. It might be week three this year. But you're going to get two games where you're going to have guys who are going to be fighting for the 53 before the real dress rehearsal to have guys get ready and get going. But, yeah, Kyle Shanahan is, is starting to look like everyone's bought into the physical nature of this culture. You don't have to kill everybody every single training camp to prove a point that everybody knows already. It's, it's wide across the league. Everybody knows that when you play the 49ers, they're going to smack you in the mouth. That you don't need to keep doing that at the expense of your players to set a culture. The culture's set. You guys are good. So I do I do enjoy that part of it as well, too. Clean and Farrell a little bit new. So, you know, Kyle turns into the angry dad and wants to stop practice when things like that happen. It's good. Maybe Kyle Shanahan is learning. And there's some other things he can learn about, you know, like maybe going forward on fourth down a little bit more, you know, as opposed to taking field goals. Or maybe in the second half, you know, before the before the uh, or the second quarter, before the half, maybe going a little bit harder, putting your foot on the gas and trying to score points. Who knows, man? You know. Maybe this is a sign of things to come. But overall, training camp, what were some people that you feel lost a little bit here, right? Because I've kind of been kind of been vocal about Embry Thomas. It, every time I watched one of the 49ers videos and someone was catching a pass, it almost felt like he was standing and watching. Um, that's a third-round pick. That's not going to work. 
the the right tackle thing is a little bit what people are more concerned about. I think at this point, I think at this point, the level of confidence in the offensive line is much higher than it was last year, considering it's one person and not three new people, even if you had feelings about the right tackle at the time. Um, but let's start with who disappointed you was, you know, I mean, I don't I don't want to keep bashing on Ambry Thomas, but like it's it it's not good. He's probably not going to make this team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was actually listening to the uh, 49ers talk from like Sunday that Mayoko put out and uh-huh. he he had an interview with uh, Ambry Thomas and he pretty much asked him like, dude, like what the hell happened last year? And it was a mixture of Ambry Thomas feeling like he had his starting role like locked up and, you know, kind of taking his foot off the gas and not going into training camp with the right weight. Like I think he, between OTAs and camp last year, he said he, he lost nearly like 20 pounds and he was like at 170. So that put him behind the eight ball. Uh, Obviously going through that process, he realized that, he messed up uh, by doing that and you know he did himself a disservice and his spot <laughs> wasn't locked up like he thought it was uh so i think going into this off season you know and you know other players have fallen victim to this too i think you know going into this off season he knew what he had to do and he's now up to the 190s um in his way and you know, I agree with you, Jason, that I have seen – I don't know why I called you Jason. Jay. Hey, Jay. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, we're not doing that. It, we're it, not Jay. doing that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I think that overall the sense that I got from that interview, and I think Mayoko said it too, uh, is that this team still believes in Ambry Thomas. And I think with Steve Wilkes there, they do feel like they can maybe, you know, improve uh, – Ambry Thomas a little bit and you know one thing that Thomas pointed out was that in the in the past they didn't really work on technique like it was all just about mindset and that probably goes back to Sala and D'Amico not being uh like secondary minded right they they came from the linebacker background so I feel like some of the secondary they they weren't really taking that next step like maybe they could have now when we have a secondary minded coach like Steve Wilkes and like I said he's very hands-on so I think there is an opportunity there for Ambry and some of these other younger guys to develop and so I'm I'll be patient with Ambry a little bit but you know for him to not make this roster some of these other guys behind him would have to be better too. So I don't know if I've necessarily seen that. I know that also, you know, we've talked about uh, Deshaun Jameson. Yeah. He's looked good. I think he's mostly playing at nickel, but if I'm not mistaken though, so um, we'll just have to see, but some of these like other guys that are on the bubble, um, I, I don't know if you can say that they've played, you know, better necessarily. Okay. okay. Uh, so for me, I feel like wide receivers, I think this is a really interesting thing because Debo Samuel, Jennings, and Ayuk are locked, right? That's three. And they're going to keep six, right? They're going to keep yep. six. Yep. So Ray Ray McLeod's four. Chris Conley's five. You think Chris Conley's five? I think Chris Conley's going to make this team. Um, I think he has the he has the receiving chops. He's been in the NFL a long time. Like, he's going to be one of the six. Who would be so the I other think- Okay. I, I I think that Danny Gray makes this team, so and I think I think only because well not only because but I think he does have the edge based on 
you know, he was drafted by this team. Granted, it was just the fifth round, but you know, still, I think the team is going to afford him that opportunity. And also I think he did turn around things, you know, pretty quickly in this camp and uh, you know, he looked good in, in the second half and, and some of the practices that I went to. So I, I have him making the team. And so I really think that it's between that last spot, the the sixth spot is, is where it's going to get tricky. And, and like I mentioned earlier, like I think it's between Ronnie Bell, Tate Martin and Chris Conley who have all made some, you know, nice plays with all of these quarterbacks in the time that I've saw at camp. I'd also throw in Isaiah Winstead, although because he was an undrafted free agent, I think they can, uh, there's not as much pressure to get him on the 53, most likely a practice squad candidate. But, you know, I, I feel like those last three uh, wide receivers that I mentioned, they're going to be fighting for the final spot and these scrimmages uh, preseason is really going to tell us who's going to get it. Yeah, I, I think it's Chris Conley. I think, again, and, and this is great. Conley's an elite run blocker. Kyle's got to love that. Ray Ray's on the bubble because Jameson could really return. I don't know. They really like Ray Ray, man. They really like Ray Ray a lot. Like, they use him yeah. like Debo Light, like very little, mm-hmm. you know, very much smaller Debo Samuel at times. So I think he's going to be a lock to make the team. And I he's on returns, tra- too. Yeah, and I do think they try to trash. Uh, They try to trash. They try to stash um, Ronnie Bell on the practice squad. And uh, they can protect him. You know, they can do that if they really feel so highly of him and everything as well, too. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to boil down to that. I, I do got Conley. Uh, I, I do have Conley making this team just based on that, on all that. Right. Um, Rob, I did think we I think we got a a, a super chat that uh, I wanted to check. All right. So shout out to Gammon. Um, please rank our defensive end by performance so far. Steph, the floor is yours. <laughs> oh, OK. Um Man, my rant wasn't enough earlier, huh? So, no. I mean, obviously, without Nick Bosa, we we got the extended look at Drake Jackson and Clennon Farrell. Uh, Farrell has been, like, up and down, or he had been up and down throughout camp, like, kind of underwhelming in one-on-ones, but would make some plays here and there during, you know, team period. So it was, like, kind of hard to get a read on him. Uh, I think, all in all, he's he's going to be fine, though. He's going to make this roster, no doubt. Kerry Hyder is someone who, you know, gets into the backfield at a pretty regular pace as well. So I, I think you should feel good about him. Spencer uh, Wagey, who they had, uh, he was an undrafted free agent. He originally, I think, was drafted as a defensive end uh, coming out of college. but Well, not drafted, but picked up as a defensive end. Um, but now they have him, you know, playing more on the inside. So I won't really you know, go too much into that. Uh, and I haven't seen too much of, of Robert Beal, to be quite honest with you, to have like a say. I, I've seen people say that he's he's made plays here and there and he looks good. So, you know, I'll take that for what it's worth. Austin Bryan, I think, has looked good. I, I guess like at some point he did battle an injury during camp, but I believe he was there the last few practices and he has flashed as well. Um, that's no surprise. I mean, he's a speed rusher, uh, so – you know, guys like that can sometimes give uh, offensive linemen problems. And uh, Alex Baird is is someone who, you know, was making some plays as well. And Taco Charlton, as I mentioned, I again, I don't know if these guys will make the team. They're kind of below the line. But, you know, at the very least, you know, all these guys are going to be making plays. And uh, the defensive line is so deep. It's like, who do you pick? Uh, obviously, you know, the – the top guys on the list are, are going to make it. So from there, it's, it's kind of an uphill battle for the rest of the guys. They Signing have Taco, 
signing taco on tuesday was incredible like that's exactly how you do it like that is 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 really big brain stuff right they knew what they were doing yeah exactly and and speaking of signing the 49ers worked out four running backs and they actually signed jeremy mcnichols back former 49er thanks a lot it's not like i wanted duke johnson to play on my favorite team ever but you know whatever 49ers hate me let's just keep it moving i guess uh but that is definitely going to be the reason that you know christian McCaffrey's not going to play elijah mitchell's not going to play you need bodies so you need guys that are going to be out there so that's essentially what jeremy mcnichols is i don't really think that indicates someone's job is in trouble or anything like well, that well they Over- they they waived Ronald Awat, who is the undrafted. Yeah, region. well, they have to make, yeah, and they have to make, you know, I guess, room, right? Like, they just want solid guys right there, like, at that point. I, I really wouldn't read too much into that. But, Steph, we got about 15 minutes before we have our hard stop, okay? Um, uh, let's read Gammon's thing real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll get to it. Um, he says, please quit withholding information. When will Bosa's contract be completed? What's the holdup? We know you know. Yes, yeah, Steph, as our resident <laughs> Nick Bosa person with the Nick Bosa jersey in the back, what the hell's the deal, man? What, what are we doing? <laughs> Please quit withholding information. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. I, but I will say this. I do plan to to do an impersonation of the negotiations going down. I just got to write the script, you know? I got yeah. to sit down and do it. But, no, I, I think we, we knew this was going to take a while just because this contract is going to be so massive. And I don't know, like, maybe – Maybe they are waiting for Burrow's contract to get done first, too. I, I honestly don't know. I, it could just be, at this point, just getting the finer details uh, nailed down. But I have faith that it's going to get done. I mean, I look at Kittle's contract, who, and that one was done at the second week of August, if I'm not mistaken. So I think there's still some time. I would love to have Bosa out there for these joint practices. Um, but if that doesn't happen, then – you know, we'll, we'll see him week one. I wouldn't expect him to, you know, participate in any of these preseason games, even if, you know, he did come back and assign his extension. So, uh, yeah, hopefully something gets done pretty soon. Yeah, I, look, get him to week one. Get him to the Greek. He doesn't have to do anything. Put him in a put him in a chamber like Austin Powers and just get him ready for week one. He does not have to practice. I only thing that I would be concerned is, is like the ramp-up period. How, yeah. how would he be like right away, ready to go, like as – you know, week one rolling like he normally would. But, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Like, I don't really need to see Nick Bosa or hear that he's a training camp. I don't really. And Kyle kind of echoed those sentiments. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Let's stop burying the lead. Although Snoopy Cortez has a really good one. Let's do a skit. JS, Steph, a Bosa question. Let's have a response to Bosa impersonation. I'll do Kyle. I've been working on my Kyle. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, there you go. So right. quietly, Jay has a really good Kyle like impersonation. And he just I'll put needs on to the stop making hat. those. I'll put the Shanahan hat. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, but yeah. I mean, the way you did the first Bosa video was perfect, though. It was really, really good. Like, you, it, I, I think that's the way to go because it's actually him talking and you were talking back to him. But yeah, I think that's a good idea. We'll, we'll, we'll spitball that. We'll, we'll brainstorm around that. But <laughs> let's stop burying the lead, okay? There's football. The 49ers play football. And as a guy who has sat and watched the Hall of Fame game all 22, two and three times, I couldn't be happier. I don't know what that says about me, but whatever. I was really excited to see, uh, you know, Dimitri Felton, who I loved at the Senior Bowl the year that I went. And I wanted to watch Jermaine Johnson, you know, from uh, from Florida State and see what he did and, and everything. Kind of wanted to watch Zach Wilson. But, yeah, I don't know what that means that I have watched the All-22 of the Hall of Fame game two times already. Absolute and, and sicko, man. I, I am an Sick. absolute sicko, and I think that, <laughs> All of my problems, all my anxieties, all my personal issues are now just in the background because football's here. And it's actual football being played that we can evaluate actual 49ers players with our eyes and not listen to a completion percentage stat and live by that. So, Jimmy, how are you, buddy? Hope everything's going well over there in Vegas. Hope you're wearing your suntan lotion. It's really hot out there, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, I miss the way we were, man. <laughs> like a toxic ex, I am not going to lie. <laughs> I have been peeking over there to see if you're doing better now that you're not here with me anymore. Not like, like a toxic ex, man. It's like if you if you look at the girl's page and she's got and she's got a new boyfriend. Is he taller than me? Does he look better than me? If the answers are no and no, I feel great. And as of what, right now, what what's the analogy when you know he throws four interceptions in practice? Like what Super Bowl? Super Bowl. No, they I mean what's the what's the well oh. yeah, but What's the what, analogy like? What the analogy is, yeah. is the girl, the ex-girlfriend that you had posted her new boyfriend, but it all of a sudden the pictures started floating away. Like they're not on the Instagram anymore. She got rid of them. Something happened. Ah, Ooh. a little too early for all that, right? You got a little too excited, right? You post your boyfriend two months into the relationship. Probably should have waited a little bit longer. Probably should have sure soft that... launched. Yes, 100%. <laughs> there he is. Look at that guy. So he's back. Um... I'm done. No, he has like Rob. Rob like saved the picture of Jimmy Garoppolo on his I mean, computer to post it mean, here. Or like, what is happening? How many of the 49er fans that are watching this on YouTube or just in general have pictures of Jimmy Garoppolo still somewhere it's in your fast. phone? Not not in your gallery, maybe in your Google Photos or your iCloud backup, whatever it is. We all have pictures of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, don't a, expose like, me. <laughs> but like us trying to get what well, you have pictures of your brother, so you got pictures of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, <laughs> but like. As much as we tried to get away, as much as we were like, I can't wait to not discuss Jimmy Garoppolo. Here we are, the joint practices, and we immediately have to get right back into the Jimmy G talk. I have peeked over. There's been a few things that are hilarious a little bit. Oh, he's a little rusty. He needs to work on a time with the deep ball. Well, guys, I've got a bad news. I've got a bad news for you. I don't know. I don't know if that is going to change. Oh, he's struggling throwing the ball, trying to fit the ball in places. Well, wouldn't you know? Well, shut my mouth. Are you sure? Jimmy Garoppolo? Nah. So it sounds like Jimmy's up to his old tricks again. Do Those you think that? <laughs> yeah. He was like, he's working on the deep ball. All 49er fans. Also, by the way, you are incredibly petty. And all of you are doing the toxic X thing that I'm doing as well, too. Because you're over there like, who's going to tell him? Am I right? And you guys are like not even letting it slide, right? And you're even pulling receipts on Raiders fans who are saying, oh, it doesn't matter. Joint practices. Jimmy's going to be fine. And then you're finding, I don't want Jimmy G on the team. Like, you guys are savages. You guys are real savages. But regardless, funny stuff aside, um, 
Jimmy does know the defense. The defense knows him. Um, the offense that that McDaniel's wants to run isn't necessarily the same as Shanahan, but it's predicated on the same ideas, which is getting the ball out fast, slants, um, you know, getting the ball out quickly and not allowing Jimmy to sit there and get into his head, like giving him a good shot, right? Don't sound the alarms, but go ahead and locate them. Jimmy one for seven with three drop picks and scrimmage to close out practice. That's from Vic Tafer, Tafer, who uh, who covers the Raiders, but. Steph, is this defense going to really, really pop off this weekend because they were really good against him during practices? I think so. And I think also it comes from, one, you're playing a familiar foe, but also it, it comes from wanting to just play someone else other than your own teammate as well. So I think they're definitely going to turn it up. And, you know, Kyle has said it too that he's he's going to be looking at these joint practices. These mean more to him than – you know, some of the training camp practices. So guys are going to turn up because they know that, especially probably some of these, you know, lower lower guys on the depth chart are going to really try to show out. So I think we're going to see it. And even – this is why I want Nick Bosa back out there because, like, I, I think he would be one too. Like, he, how long has it been since Bosa's been on the field with the rest of the guys? Like, you know he's, like, clamoring to get after a quarterback – and who better than like Jimmy Garoppolo? You're gonna get a sack like in the first series. Like, come on now. <laughs> and everyone's talking about Fred Warner too, or, or Greenlaw. Like, one of those guys is gonna get one too. So, I'm I'm excited. And okay, sidebar. I know we're talking about Jimmy, but sidebar. I'm excited to see the reporting from the Raiders side because yeah. that will give us, I think, a good idea of just like non-bias. Not to say that the 49ers you know, report beat reporters are are biased, but maybe they are, who knows? But and, they're fighting for their lives trying to beat the bias allegations, which I feel is probably more than enough. Like like it, I've seen be, they beat writers put something out and they were like, well we know you love this guy. And they'll literally go, I literally don't. I am being objective. Like they're fighting for their lives out here. That's why even it's if true. I went, I wouldn't be practicing putting up any completion percentage numbers because I don't care and I don't want to hear it. I don't care and I don't want to hear it. That's why I don't. But yeah, so I, at least we'll get two sides of the story that should give us mm -hmm. a really good idea of what the truth is in this case. So, um, but yeah, Jimmy's gonna Jimmy's gonna throw a few like he always does. That yeah. that'll be the fun part. It won't be in the game. Sounds like Brock Purdy's not gonna play either. So we're not gonna see any of them. But they will be judged. The evaluation process on these players is going to be much more in the joint practice part. Obviously, the game will have something to do with it if you're making plays during the game as well too. What? What? Can I ask a question? Who's oh. who's gonna kick uh, Mason Crosby's ass? Why? Because you know it's coming. Max Crosby. Oh, Max Crosby. Dude, I was I've like, Jesus. I was I like, I was like, I'm the one. I'm like, I'm the one who hate kickers. I hate kickers. That's my Max Crosby. Max Crosby. That's my mind. Oh well. Mad Max. That's really gonna be important because he's very good. He is very good, by yeah. the way. Like it's it's very easy to actually. Just... This is gonna be great for Colin McKivitz because Colin McKivitz has gone like all yep. training camp without facing Nick Bosa, which you know would have been great for him actually in his development. Mm -hmm. Finally, he's gonna go up against like okay, not you know no no shade to Drake Jackson and Clint Farrell, but finally he's Max gonna is, go up against Max one is much of the more top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's going to go up against one of the top uh, edge rushers in the league, right? So that's going to be a good test for Colton yeah. and and the quarterbacks at the same time. But it's going to get chippy. I already know, like, you saw the quarterbacks episode where he's jawing off at, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Who does watching, that? Watching future 49er quarterback Kirk that? Cousins. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. That's it. 
that's hey, for another day. Let's push the agenda. <laughs> push the agenda. It's um, no, but I think that's a really good call because, <laughs> um, again, going against your guys, you're you're not you obviously have to show something, but you're gonna pull up a little bit. You're not trying to you know beat a guy like like. The competition rises when you're up against people. Like, that's the reason that they're doing these things, and that's why they love it so much. So, um, you know, kind of wish we had eyes in there in terms of, like, a Hard Knocks episode, something like that would be very cool um, to watch. But we're going to have to take the media's word. I do like you bringing up the Raiders media covering it as well because they'll talk about, oh, Brock Purdy was sharp in this period and did this, this, and this, and wouldn't be so hyper-focused on six for 10, one for, you know, one out of two, and this in the red zone. And, um, you know, I think they'll be able to pr properly give us the context objectively. And I think that's the, yeah. the best way to think about that. So, yeah, look, uh, McKibbitz is going to have his hands full because Max Crosby is a baller. I think our, our only issue with Max Crosby comes from the Raiders fans who try to tell us that he's better than Nick Bosa, which is insane, you know. Nick Bosa, number four on the NFL top 100 list. Not that the list matters, but it backs up my narrative, so I'm going to go ahead and use it. <laughs> um, so I think that's something that's really good as well, too. I am interested to see. You know, I see it in the comments. Uh, Devontae Adams against the Amador Lenore. That was a little bit of a, a point last year in that game where it got a little hairy. But to be fair, Devontae Adams is a one-two wide receiver in this game. If you want to make him one, fine. I don't agree, but he's probably two for me. But, you know, there's an argument for him to be number one. He's that good. And, you know, I, again, Darren Waller's not there. You know, Michael Mayer is somebody who at tight end is somebody who they drafted very highly. Well, jo Josh Jacobs is not going to be there. So what do they really look like? But overall, this is going to be good for the defense, who I feel like is kind of licking their chops to get back out on the field against competition. So we're just going to have to go with the reports. And as always, that vibes. The vibes are always going to tell us a little bit more than actual reporting. If you follow the vibes, the vibes are usually going to lead you to the right spot. People were like, oh, I know a spot. The vibes took me here. That's that's kind of where we are. <laughs> so do we have any sort of prediction for the game? Uh, people that you you are looking to watch in the game? Because I want to wow. see tape like, play. See... Wait, like what kind of prediction? for? Well, just like, I want to see tape play. preseason games now? No, no, no. I mean, well, I bet on the Hall of Fame game, which is another thing that I probably oh have God, a problem man. with. Yeah. What's wrong yeah. with you, man? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I was looking <laughs> real good. I was looking real good in the first half. Not so good in the second half. Jason, what the hell, man, Rob says. Um, no, what I mean is, People that you want to see play. I want to see, I want to see, mm. I want to see Tick play. Maybe he's one of those guys that's a Sunday guy, right? Like he's a gamer. He's not somebody who, who's a practicer, maybe, right? There's maybe guys that have kind of fallen back, but have really, like, again, show up when the lights are on. That's what they said about Jimmy the entire time, right? Who cares about five interceptions? He's going to play one on Sunday, right? And those are the things that I'm kind of looking for. So I want to see Tig. I also want to see, I, I want to get a chance to see this running back. Um, this wide receiver group because my favorite position on the field, I want to see what Conley does. I want to see Ronnie Bell because I have a feeling Ronnie Bell is ready to slot into that Juwan Jennings role once he leaves and signs a new deal next year. So I'm interested in seeing those things. And obviously, I don't think you're going to see much of the starters. So I don't think we'll get to see Colton McKibbitts, right? Uh, yeah, probably not. I mean, Kyle Shanahan said that very little of the starters would play, so I'm not expecting a whole lot of them. But that being said, like Colton McKibbitts, if there is anyone – who is a starter, but could maybe or should see some of these preseason reps. I mean, I, I would probably 
want to get him out there just to get, you know, more experience before the season starts and gets rolling. Right. But who knows? Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't fault them if they didn't want to put McKivitz out there either, but who I want to see, I know we were done talking about the quarterbacks, but obviously I want to see Trey Lance and I want him to get the first reps out there. Uh, assuming that Brock Purdy is not going to play. So I think it's a great opportunity for Lance. I want him to get a few series, maybe even like a full half, but I know as they've been doing, they're going to try to keep things very even between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, because I still don't think that, that either of those guys have separated from each other to warrant one guy getting more reps than the other. So I think they're going to keep that pretty even, but that being said, I want to see Trey Lance first. Uh, TDP, I, I want to see more of him because I want everyone else to see what like we saw at camp and, and not just like from the reports that we've all heard, uh, you guys got to see what we're talking about. He looks great. So I hope that he puts that out there um, in the preseason game. And I mean, for the most part, like that, that's kind of what I'm excited for. Uh, some of these linebackers too, uh, you know, linebackers is in these preseason games is usually when they start to shine. Right. And and they make some splash plays. So uh, hopefully we see a few of those from some of these younger dudes. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this game. I'm very excited for Trey Lance to play well and have the people that dislike him say, well, it's against the second team. Who cares, man? It's like he plays well in practice. Who cares? He plays well in the game. It's like anything that Trey Lance ever does is positive. Well, who cares? It's just a video on on the Internet. Oh, who cares? It's practice. Oh, well, who cares? It's, It's against the second team. It's always who cares. And you can always tell who's got agendas to push. Having said that, we've got to get out of here because we were promised to stop at three. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you like this video. Subscribe to all three of our channels, the Gold Standard Podcast Network, wherever you get YouTube and your audio podcast. My channel, Jason Aponte. Steph's channel, Steph49K. Make sure you like this video. Subscribe to all those channels. Make sure that you're following Jason Aponte2103. I'm back on Twitter. Um, Steph49K on Twitter. The Gold Standard Podcast Network on Twitter as well, too. Uh, Steph, we're bloodied. We're beaten. 49ers football is here. We made it. We made it, and we did it. Next week, we're going to be talking about an actual game. Like, and I'm going to be watching all 22 of a preseason <laughs> game that's actually about the team that I cover. Yay. Can you believe this, man? It's unbelievable. But shout out to you guys for tuning in with us early in the day. Hope you guys have a great day. For Steph, for Jay, we're out of here. Peace.